0: I don't know, I think in week three or four weeks on a conversation of good enough or being in a place of enough or avoiding the temptation of feeling like there's never enough. That whole category of raising a standard um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, then uh, good isn't good enough, then good has to get better. Uh, And that's because uh, I want to be one step ahead uh, or a few steps ahead of any schemes of the devil. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Do you know in the Old Testament, the children of Israel went from Egypt to the Promised Land. They kept moving. And one of the reasons why they keep mo- kept moving is because if you stay stagnant in some place too long, life and and the devil, the enemy, catches up with you. You can't stagnate in life. You just can't. It's very tempting It's because stagnation feels like comfort. feels like comfort. It's the same thing. And I made a rule in my life when I i, ter- I, don't know, I turned 40. I made this rule. I don't know why i 40. It was last year. I remember it clearly. <laughs> and <laughs> just, I jumble up numbers so much, you wouldn't believe that I studied B.com at the university. Neither do my professors, some of which come to the church. Um... But I made a rule that when I buy an item or two, new item or two of clothing, I've got to get rid of an item or two in the cupboard. Uh, and and I get rid of it by sort of passing it on, hopefully. If you've kept it well, you could pass it on. And I, I, I find that quite difficult to do, if I'm honest. I'm not a hoarder. But, like, I look at a thing and I think, oh, I'll probably use it again, maybe, you know. Sometimes you just have to own the fact that things have to go when they have outlived their usefulness in the season in your life to make space for things that have to come into that space. And having space, making space, having time and making time and managing it, uh, uh, stewing it a it will is the hallmark of maturity and something every believer needs to address. Because if you don't do that, you will run out of it. And when you run out of something, you have that uncomfortable feeling that the thing that you had hoped to achieve in life is not achievable anymore. And you have to address that because God wants you to live a life that is full of joy, abundance, that overflows. Your cup must run over. Things must be in an abundant state in your life, not in a lack state in your life. Is that a, is that a fair thing to say? And you know, um, there, uh, Mark might have to remind me because I still can't remember the theory. Um, but I watched the YouTube, I, I do too much of that, but I watched the YouTube video about a theory, is it Parkinson's theory? Law, Parkinson's law, not the illness, Parkinson's law says that work fills, expands to fill up the time available. Here's what I mean. Some of you have worded it like this, you've said you work better under pressure. How many of you would like to admit you think you work better under pressure? Hands up. I'm one of those people. Actually, what that is, is you've allowed yourself to get into the position where whatever time is left is the time you have to use to make it work. So work expands to fill the space. Alternatively, when you've got like an assignment to do and they give you three weeks, isn't it funny that you find yourself saying, I needed all three weeks. Work expands to occupy the time given it. And what that means is it is work that manages your time and not a decision on your part, a choice. So I want to talk to you a little about that. In Genesis chapter 13, there was a little tension between two um, two family members, well-known family members. So let me just uh, t- tell you the Bible story first and we, we'll extract some ideas from that. Going forward, I wanted to show you that uh, making space for things in your life is not only getting rid of bad stuff. Sometimes a, a growth and opportunity also creates a need uh, uh, for you to to get rid of some things in your life. Uh, you, you'll see what I mean. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abraham's herds and Lot's, the Canaanites and Perizzites, were also living in the land at that time. And so Abraham said to Lot, let's not have any more quarreling between you and me or between your herds and mine. We are close relatives. I must tell you, I quite like having the sound of kids in the 6 p.m., um, that's the head of our kids' church. Uh, that's Nikki and her lovely husband, uh, Andrew, who, who who met his wife while serving. I mean, yeah! I don't even know anymore. I've reached this point. I don't know saints in the front row. I, I recall inviting you guys to a grow group at my house. It was only... Ca- and And... I don't know, came around single and left with somebody. I have a very different recollection of the history of events there. But anyway, so let it be. Um, but but serving in, in small group, hey, you we were making the coffee. So, um, and, and the verse goes on to say, is not uh, the whole land before you? Let's part company. I, I just want to pause for a moment to say, in order to create space for God and time for God to achieve what God wants. You're going to have to part company with some things. I mean, you just have to own that. God cannot be added to things as they are. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to like repent and make a big show of it. It just means an acceptance that when he enters, he's going to boot out some, like things are going to, are going to be parted. You know the parting of the Red Sea is not the only thing that happens in life. Hey, eh? lots of things get parted from us and there's value in it. So let's part company. If we, if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to, if you yeah, did I do it the wrong way around? If you go to the right, so I'll go to the left. Lot looked around, saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This is before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself uh, the whole plain of Jordan and set out toward the east and the two men parted company. Look what happened to Abram. Abram, on the other hand, lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Verse 18, so Abram went to live near the great trees of Memra at Hebron where he pitched his tents, but he did something different. He built an altar to the Lord. Do you know this idea of space? time and space is incredibly important. Lot um, saw a career opportunity and said, I'm going to choose the the green grass on the other side of the fence. This is the Bible story about the grass being greener on the other side of the fence, right? Lot said, you know what, Abram, thanks. I'm going to choose first, and I'm going to choose the green grass you know, the the greener side of the fence. Only problem is it comes with Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's okay. I'll keep it at a a distance, you know, but it's greener. Abraham gets the desert, but he realized something, that if I get the desert and I've got room to expand, but I build an altar and I honor God, that's greener in reality than what looks green but living next to sin on the other side. You see? And it's not about having time or space. It's about it's about the path you choose, the field you think is greener, and what you do when you settle. What you do, how you establish yourself. I'm so glad Jock and I had this conversation before the service about him starting his business because I immediately thought about about his starting his business, I immediately thought uh, about this message and thought how important it is that as he enters, and all of us enter into new spaces, you start making space for, say, a relationship or marriage, space for serving in church, or space for starting a business, or any kind of space you make. The thing you do, you start with an altar to the Lord. It's just a dedication. It's a little prayer. It's a little thing that you do that says this is unto the Lord. I used to get quite irritated when people would ask me to do this particular thing. I don't get so irritated about it anymore because I get it. They used to get quite irritated because they used to think it was a waste. But we went through this time when anytime somebody built a house, they'd phoned me and they'd ask me to come bless the foundations. And then the people would bury a Bible in the foundation. I would find it quite stressful because I think there's lots more useful things you can do with the Bible, especially read it. But nowadays, I realize that people uh, read it on an app and the Bible has other kinds of, the physical print has other kinds of meaning. But you know what? Rather, take some action, whatever it is. You know, if you have to put a, you know, Lord bless this house clock on your wall, if you have to, it's not a thing anymore, but if you have to. Uh, If you have to bury a Bible in the foundation, sure. But what you really want to do is stand there at the threshold of more space, whatever that looks like, and say, Lord, I give this to you. Because if you don't, work will expand to fill the available time. You're going to run out of time, no matter how much time you get. I think there's something very valuable about that. Luke chapter 6 from the message uh, says that when we live a generous life, that it, it... It expands back to us. Give, and it will be given to you. Uh, They, others, will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with no space left for more. For the standard of measure you use when you do good to others, it will be the measure to you in return. If I'm going to run out of space, I'd like to run out of space to hold God's blessings, not run out of space to hold God's plans. I really wanted to encourage you to think about how you're handling whether you have enough time and enough space. And that's because I I genuinely think God made us to have enough, in fact, more than enough. I really am frustrated by this idea that there is not enough. As a believer, perhaps we should drop that terminology and we should say, there is enough. If I know where the water is, that's where I'll dig the well, and that's where I'll build my altar, and that's where I'll put my tent, and I'll stop wishing for some sort of a green grass on the other side of some mysterious line. You know, if you know the story of Lot, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well. He landed up getting too involved with the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's a Awful story about salt, but I wanted to encourage you about thinking about having space for God um, and time for the things of God and the plans and purposes of God, and how to navigate that enough. How do you make more space? In fact, um, I, I really had to repent about this. Is the phone okay? It sounded dramatic. I felt like I need to lay hands on it. Um, I really had to repent about this. Whenever somebody would, would come to recently and even preparing for this message, I'd really repent about it. And just a word of warning, the word repent is overly used, I think, in church. You repent once from your sinful conditions and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then you have forms of repentance uh, from your practices to become more Christ-like, but they are not the same thing. So you don't start your relationship with the Lord every time you start again. But I, people will catch me at the coffee shop and a few of you have done this maybe over the last few weeks or they'll go, I know you're very busy, but have you got a minute? I'm like, literally, I'm here because I got a minute for you. That is what defines my being busy is being here for church. The people in church, the problems in church, the possibilities of church, the praise in church. That is literally what I am here for. And I'm not going to allow any other form of busyness to expand into the available time, knocking out what I want to do to do in that space because it's been filled by others, other things. And so I think it's possible to have space for God and time for God. I do think that sometimes we don't have space for God uh, and time for God because those... Uh, um, um, resources, space and time, are occupied by things like hurt. I don't know if you know this, but hurt is is, uh, bulky to store. It's better to be healed from it than to carry it, is what I'm saying. And similarly, I think anger. It's a very space-occupying emotion. Have you noticed that? I tell you what I mean, like, if you've got an if you're overcarrying like stuff like anger, you know, then then it occupies so much space that like an innocent thing like your I don't know, your coffee machine doesn't work right, provokes in you a reaction where you want to slap the coffee machine. It's just simply too high a reaction for the as well as you're operating like on a hot plate, you know? It occupies too much space. So I think hurt um, anger and unforgiveness um, occupy uh, too much space, and you have to get rid of them for the sake of the space. Can you say amen to that? You have to part company with that. I also want you to know if you're in any, if you're in a relationship with anything, money, people, hobbies, um, and they occupy more space than you can, than you feel comfortable to have available for living God's way, then. You need to cut it back because it's just going to keep expanding. Tell you a quick little story, and then I have three points, and I'm going to finish at seven. Is that okay? Are you good with finishing at seven? Finishing at seven. Um, I don't know what's going on with my English. It's this heat uh, today. Literally, I I thought people were fainting this morning, and I was owning it as like a charismatic revival. Oh, the spirit has fallen. the saints needing oxygen outside to sort of recovery. Many, many years ago, um, when I was still working with my folks on school holidays in KZN, one of the departments I worked in was the bakery. It was cool. I enjoyed it, mixing bread and making different kinds of breads. It was my holiday job. I was in high school. Basic Conditions of Employment Act was not a concern in those days. I was 14. And the way it works in a Greek home is if you want to place a place to stay tonight, then you work today. That's kind of how it worked. And um, we made all this dough, and it was too late to bake it. So I, I didn't want to admit that we had started making all this dough. Like in a, in a supermarket-style bakery, it's a lot. Eh? It's a lot. Like 50 kgs of it or something. So I didn't I don't want to admit that I started too late and now you know you either either the entire staff stays and we bake. Well I didn't know what to do. So I hid it in the cold room. These big walk-in cold rooms. And overnight it expanded. I Don't know if you know that's what dough does when you rest it. it sort of it's it sort of swells with leaven. There's a sermon in this. And um, the next morning I didn't tell Anybody really, but the next morning, uh, one of the workers opened the cold room and I just heard a huge scream. So, somehow in the darkness, she had stepped into the cold room and she would put her foot on something that enveloped her foot and, <laughs> it, because the cold rooms generally don't have a lot of life, just traumatised by this expanding fluff of dough. And my point is, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, if if you leave things long enough and you don't tend to them, they expand to occupy space and they'll frighten you if you're not careful. Watch out for that leaven. So there are three ideas I want to share from Scripture on how to have space and make space. The first is to ask yourself a question. Is what you're doing light? And immediately you should know there are two possibilities there, right? There is light as in a weight and there is light as in in the light, and both are true. If it's if it's so heavy, it changes your personality. Then it's probably not right for you. And if it's secretive and you can't do it in the light, then it's probably unhealthy for you. Part company. Part company. I mean, not on the like, you know. If you, I mean, you know, if you, you you're studying something and you've had one heavy because you've got to get an assignment in. You don't have to part company with your degree. You can go on with it. I mean, like, don't be dramatic about it. And similarly, if you have, like, a generally good relationship, you have a big fight one day and, you know, you guys hurl Bible verses at each other in retaliation. (laughs) I don't know what to say there. What, What do the Christians do? Like, you were digging deep into revelation and banishing people to the sulfur fires. I don't know what you were doing. Whatever you're doing, one of those in, once in a while, it's okay. You can fix that and move on. But if every day starts with a migraine headache because there's a weight on your shoulders, it's time to part company with something. Like It's just it's too heavy. And it's not in the light. You know the verse, Matthew 11 from the NIV, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest, take my yoke upon you. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, burden is light. Listen, you have to have some burden. I mean, I know that sounds too, you have to have some burden. I think you must. I think that's what grown up life is, eh? You've got to have some burden. You must be burdened. With a desire to be responsible for your wife, or responsible for your husband, yeah, I think you must. Uh, you know, I don't know. Once a week, you got to feel the burden of washing the sheets or whatever. I don't know. You just like there has to be a bit of that. Like that's life. We can't just magically take it away. But if it if it's so heavy that it changes your personality, it's not healthy. This was what was happening with Lot and Abram. They were fighting, and what Abram said is, "Listen, man, we family." We shouldn't be fighting, can't talk to each other. Let's live in our own space and see what God does. And I want to encourage you to be mindful of that. Acts 17, I quite like this verse from the Message Translation, says that starting from scratch, this was a little sermon being preached, starting from scratch made the entire human race And the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find Him. And He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in Him and conquer away from Him. This verse says, God made time and space so that we could use it to find Him. And it's not hard to do. That's what he's saying. Not hard to do. You know, what's hard is living a life without him. What's not hard is finding him. So the the first uh, evaluation on things to part company with and things to keep is is it light in both meanings. Secondly, is there a lesson in it? Is there a lesson in it? Am I learning something? Am I becoming better, stronger, wiser? Am I seeing a, fa- a face of God? Ask any person who's Recently become a parent. Ask anyone who's like recently had their first child. All they talk about is the father heart of God. Do you know why? Because in that moment, they discovered something that words can't explain, but experiences can. Can't explain it any other way, but this incredible emotion of, I would do anything to protect this little child. And that's how God feels about me. And words are not enough. Until you've been in. so, so when you're doing things that grow you, they're worth keeping, and you don't have to part company with them. But if you're doing things and and occupying, allowing things to occupy space that doesn't grow you, but actually just pulls you down, walk away. Uh, Two Peter three. Oh no, it's seven o'clock. Please can I have seven o one? Two Peter three from the message says. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, a thousand years is, is a, good, a day. God isn't late with his promises of some measure lateness. He's uh, restraining himself on your account, holding back to the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Oh, the most irritating thing about wasting things, things I've wasted my time on. Can I be honest? Things I've wasted time and space on is things are things that I didn't learn from. Oh, it's so annoying. I beat myself up thinking, oh, could I, why did I do two years around this lap? I should have learnt it and moved on. Can we all say amen? Okay, I did do economics twice. I will admit to that. But I really like the lecturer and that's the explanation I'm sticking to. And then lastly, is it a ladder? Um, and and what I mean by that is, um, where, where, are you, where are you going with this? <laughs> I mean, I think that's an important question, is it? Where are you going with this? Somebody came to me, and oh, this in the morning, gosh, you should never, I hope you guys never bump into each other, the morning people and the evening people, because you might work out some story I'm revealing. They came to me and they're like, Pastor, please pray for us. Our relationship's not in a good space. What's going on? We get very angry. Then we punch each other. It's not going good. I said, okay, how long have you been married? No, we're not married. How long have you been dating? Since like January 1st. This is easy. This does not require a prophecy. I don't need to find a Bible verse. Part company. This ladder is going downhill. (laughs) Don't go here. And I know what they mean, they, Like, but if you pray, like, no, there is no prayer I have in my pocket, like, this is not wizardry, like, you know, this is not, I don't want to quote a wrong movie here, but it's not that, I can't wave a magic wand and a dragon will come and eat up whoever is wrong here. Uh Uh, What this is, common sense, wisdom, you're not suited to one another. It's been like six weeks and you're standing in front of a pastor. It's been six weeks. You're standing in front of a pastor asking if you should consider going to the police afterwards. So now is a good time to say, nah, wrong path. Can we have an amen on that one? This is wrong path. It's wrong path. You know, I said to another friend not so long ago, he's that guy, he's 40, he's still going out getting drunk. I'm like, come for coffee. You are about 10 years overdue, a life change. This ladder is going nowhere. you got to ask that question. You know, Jacob, he saw a ladder. Angels ascending and descending. Life's going somewhere. If the thing doesn't go anywhere, call it. That's why I don't have space. That's why I don't have time. Got stuff that's too heavy, stuff you're not learning from, and stuff that's going nowhere. Kick it to the curb now. Listen, listen. In conclusion, if it's somebody you're with tonight, just give it time. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want to be beaten up like on the. I don't want to be you. Are the reason. At 7.03. but but I I had an I had an incident like that last week. I told the morning so so might as well tell you. I'm also telling you for my own safety. If something happens, you know why. I got this inbox message last Sunday night. I want to urgently see you, and I think you know who I am. I have no idea. So I put my phone on private, and I replied to the message. Sir, what's up? He said, you are the reason why my marriage ended. I said, how, sir? He said, you've been dating my wife since 2018. I said, sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. Where have I been doing this? In P.E.? He said, yes, in P.E. I said, I don't think you understand P.E. I still said this joke. I said, and it actually happened. I'm not even joking. I bought groceries at Spa. And members in our church who are managers at Willys phoned me the next day because they saw me at Spa and they said, that we do something wrong at Willys? Now, how am I going to carry? I don't understand. Then he said, yes. And before you dated this girl, Steph, I'm like, wrong pastor. I don't know who this pastor is, but he's very busy in P.E., And he needs to stop because he's socking problems for me. I tell Cam the story. Cam says, you won't believe it. There was a guy at 9 p.m. last Sunday demanding to see you. They want us to go fetch you from your house. He wants to chew you. Look in the cat on the footage. Same guy. I'm like, dear Jesus, what have I done to deserve all the mad people? I eventually phoned him back. I said, sir, I'm sorry your relationship ended. It's definitely not me. I hope you never found the guy. <laughs> just, just Get back to her or move on. I don't know what to say to you. It's not that. People make messes and things go nowhere. And then they say, I don't have time. And I don't have space. Or they're so full storing junk that they say, can you give me some personal space. You don't don't have a personal space problem. You have a cluttered space, making it feel like you have a personal space problem. So do you mind if we stood to pray about that tonight? Is that okay? Let's stand. Alrighty. So just fair warning, I now have mace or something like, and a a taser. If you approach me unexpectedly, it's on you, saints. Um, Yeah, so should we pray? Um, I I do want to specifically ask you, have you made any space at all for God? I mean, I, I think that's a good place to start. And then I, I just want to make sure that the second layer of that prayer will be not to have my space and my time stolen from me. That's a lot of what this whole series has been about. Next week I'll wrap it up and then we land straight into um, wholehearted, which will be really awesome. Would you mind closing your eyes for a moment? My question is, have you made space for God firstly? And if you're here tonight and you need to, uh, you need to because your your God relationship is is at a distance. You haven't, quite, you haven't let him into your personal and private space. And in that sense, you're an observer, but not a follower. So there's a little line there. A you know, big crowd follows Jesus, but not everybody believes. Um, and if you're perhaps in that space, I, just, I think it would be really cool if I um, could invite you to a prayer. So if you're here and you need to make space for God as in, let him in to your space. I'd love to pray for you and I'll leave a prayer up on the screen afterwards too and invite you to pray it. And if you do pray it, come say so to one of us if you'd like. And if you don't have a Bible, we've got free Bibles to give to you and only pray that prayer. If that's where you're at, just to provoke an action in you, will you just stick your hand up long enough for me to see it and you can put it down again and then I'll do that prayer at the end. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Get your spaces, your heart space right. Thank you. Thank you. And then secondly, I'm going to do this prayer about uncluttering and parting company. And when I'm done with that prayer, I'm going to leave a prayer on the screen that we call a salvation prayer. If you put your hand up, I want you to pray that prayer. So Lord, tonight, thank you so much for the courage to part company with things that occupy space and time in an unhealthy way. Would you please teach us to be free from those things that we can carry burdens that are easy, yokes that are light, and that we can learn and grow and mature and live a life where we have a sense that everything's going somewhere in the right direction, that we have a sense of being led by the Spirit towards who we are and what we do. Will you please help us tonight in Jesus' name, make the crucial, critical decisions of what to part company with. In Jesus' name and everybody said. Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving and